RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. An infectious diseases expert says he can't understand why the government has just relaxed social distancing measures for certain groups. Some private schools reopen after months of class suspension due to the coronavirus outbreak. And in Taiwan, Tsai Ing-wen is inaugurated for a second term as president. An infectious diseases expert says he can't understand why the government has relaxed social distancing measures for certain groups, such as those attending religious activities, but kept a limit on other public gatherings of more than eight people. The chairman of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases at the Hong Kong Medical Association, Leung Chi Chu, said it was inconsistent. It's important to maintain consistency in all these public health policies so that people can uh, understand it much better. And because if we allow uh, the aggregation of uh, far more than uh, eight people within indoor premises, I do not see good reason why we should continue to limit the number of people gathering uh, in the streets in open space. The organiser of the June the 4th candlelight vigil is accusing the government of dirty tricks and says he's afraid authorities will use the pandemic to suppress political gatherings over the coming months. Li Chukyang from the Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements in China says religious gatherings are allowed, schools are reopening and the streets and public transport are very busy. He says the government should permit its event marking the Tiananmen Square massacre as long as people obey the 1.5 metre distancing rule. He called on people to stage their own June the 4th vigils around Hong Kong if they can't gather at Victoria Park. The government seems really want to use the excuse of pandemic to suppress gatherings. So I have no faith in this government that they will continue to play dirty tricks. And therefore they may still continue to use a pandemic as an excuse to suppress gatherings. A number of private schools have reopened in Hong Kong after months of class suspension due to the coronavirus outbreak. At Malvern College in Taipo, a temperature sensor has been installed at the entrance and students are having half-day sessions so they won't have lunch together at schools to limit infections. Dr Robin Lister is the school's headmaster. The kind of things we've done is, of course, insist on wearing masks. We've bought some rather expensive temperature machines, which gauges the children's temperature automatically. We've ensured that the spacing is right throughout the school so that the classrooms don't have too many people in. We've also decided, uh, again, having talked to the EDB about this, not to have lunch. So the children are going home early at one o'clock so they don't have to eat together, thus reducing risk further still. And hundreds of thousands of South Korean students have returned to school after a coronavirus delay of more than two months. Students lined up for temperature checks and were given sanitizers to wash their hands as they entered school premises. Around 440,000 final year students who will take the university entrance exam in December are the first to return with other years following in stages. Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen has reiterated she won't accept the one country, two systems arrangement for reunification as she was inaugurated for a second term as the island's leader. Priscilla Ung reports. 
In her inauguration speech, Ms. Tsai said she wouldn't accept Beijing's terms for reunification based on one country, two systems, as this would allow it to control and downgrade Taiwan. She said cross-straits relations have reached a historical turning point, but insisted that she's determined to maintain the status quo. Ms. Tsai added that she's willing to engage in dialogue with the mainland to ensure long-term peace and stability. The president also said she will bolster ties with the U.S., Japan and other like-minded countries while continuing to fight for Taiwan's participation in international organizations. On national security, Ms. Tsai said her government will continue to strengthen the island's defense capabilities while improving troop management. She also thanked the people of Taiwan for fully supporting the battle against the coronavirus and pledged to continue strengthening the island's health and social security systems. Democratic Party lawmaker Ted Hoy has called on the Commerce and Economic Development Secretary Edward Yao to say whether he has ordered RTHK to penalise or fire staff for producing an episode of the satirical television programme Headliner. This comes after the Communications Authority yesterday warned RTHK, saying the show had insulted the police. The Commerce and Economic Bureau, which oversees the public broadcaster, then asked RTHK to carry out a full review of its editorial system and to take possible disciplinary action. Here's Mr Hoy. The thing that I'm concerned as for now is whether the Bureau head has said that already. Uh, there should be punishment. There should be people who should go away from their positions. And if that really happens, if there's such an instruction from, from high up, I think the public just can't accept it, and it's a concrete sign that political pressure is there. Pro-democracy lawmaker Claudia Mo said the headline incident had sent a chilling effect across Hong Kong, and she was worried other RTHK programs, such as Hong Kong Connection, would be affected in future. This uh, political pressure, it's obvious, is political pressure upon headliner. It's so blatant, so transparent, it uh, not only impinges on our basic freedoms like uh, free speech and uh, freedom of expression, it is trying to uh, send uh, a chilling effect, jitteries all over Hong Kong, that uh, if you're not uh, being politically correct, you would need to pay political prices. Earlier pro-government lawmaker Junius Ho, a supporter of the police and critic of RTHK, welcomed the programme suspension, but he also said he believed the show could return in future. Another pro-establishment lawmaker, Eunice Young, has said RTHK should not be producing satirical programmes. The Security Secretary, John Lee, has asked members of the public to read through last week's Independent Police Complaints Council report into the anti-government protests, saying this will avoid them being wrongly influenced. Speaking in LegCo, the minister threw his weight behind the document, which dismissed major accusations made against the force and its handling of the unrest. He said the report was fair and balanced. The report was written based on a lot of information. Uh, it is based on, after reviewing over 20,000 photographs, over another 20,000 video images. So anybody who tries to make accusation against uh, the impartiality of the report comes from making accusation not based on facts, but easily influencing the audience because most of the audience probably don't have time 
three over this very lengthy report comprising almost 1,000 pages. Mr Lee said the task force that will follow up on its recommendations will meet next week. The DAB and the Federation of Trade Unions have repeated their calls for unemployment subsidies after conducting separate labour market surveys. Both showed about a third of respondents had recently lost their jobs. The DAB said the government should provide immediate cash support to the unemployed without asset assessment. DAB lawmaker Vincent Chang says his party has already met with Chief, Ex- Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung over the matter. We talked to them many times, but they're still rejecting because they said it's really a big budget for them. So, But as DAB stands, we think that they should deeply consider about uh, providing the scheme. Travel agency specialising in mainland tours has shut down, affecting over a 1,000 customers. While the website of Supreme Holidays remains up and running, its hotline is no longer in use. The Travel Industry Council said it had been notified of the closure, saying the agency had suffered financial difficulties due to the COVID-19 epidemic. It said anyone affected should contact the Travel Industry Compensation Fund. It's the eighth local travel agency to close since the outbreak began. The MTR's chief executive officer, Jacob Cannon, says construction of the scandal-hit shot into Central Link is starting to return to normal following delays caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. He said problems with the supply of raw materials as well as manpower were being resolved and they will do their best to keep on schedule and budget within targets. Speaking to reporters before the company's annual general meeting, the rail firm's chairman, Rex Young, said they had learnt a lesson over the Hung Hom station scandal and they have been making improvements. The government-appointed commission recently found that the station was safe despite construction flaws, but it said there were serious deficiencies in the way the MTR and the main contractor, Leighton, had managed and supervised the project. Mr Young was asked whether the corporation will work with Leighton again. MTR is an organization that has many suppliers. We have thousands of suppliers we deal with on a regular basis. But yet, rather than focusing on the name of the individual, we talk about what kind of service they are willing to provide to us and are they meeting our professional standards. The head of the World Health Organization has defended its role during the coronavirus pandemic following harsh criticism from the United States. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus spoke after the WHO's member states agreed to an independent evaluation of its response. I will initiate such an evaluation at the earliest appropriate moment. We welcome any initiative to strengthen global health security and to strengthen WHO. We want accountability more than anyone. Mr Tedros made no reference to a threat by President Trump to withdraw from the WHO if it didn't commit to improvements within 30 days. Britain's top Brexit negotiator has accused the European Union of offering a low-quality trade deal days after the third round of talks on Britain's future relationship with the bloc stalled. In an outspoken letter addressed to the EU, David Frost said its offer was unfair and treated Britain as an unworthy partner. Finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,363. That's 23 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $56 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.8 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 9 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 50 cents. Sport now, and here's Atom Chung. We start with football news. 
Six individuals from the English Premier League have tested positive for the coronavirus as the top flight prepares to resume in June. Burnley confirmed that one of those who tested positive was their assistant manager, Ian Wone. Watford said a player and two staff members of the club were among the six positive cases. The other two are at a third club, the details of which have not been revealed. The BBC's Laura Scott reports. Our understanding is that the, the number of six isn't enough to derail the project restart plans and that everyone apart from those who tested positive can uh, return to that uh, group training. Now, it was six tests out of 748 among players and club staff, but we don't know the identities of those involved, if they're players or staff or which clubs they're from. We know that those tests relate to 19 clubs. Norwich only tested their players today, uh, so they're not included in that figure. And those who tested positive will have to self-isolate for seven days and can't be part of the phase one training. Formula One say they'll have to cancel the British Grand Prix if two-week quarantine rules are enforced on their teams. The UK government is expected to impose a requirement on all arrivals from abroad to self-isolate for 14 days. Here's the BBC's Jenny Gao. We have to wait and see what the government firmly say, what the quarantine rules are definitively going to suggest when it comes to travel in and out. But yes, from all intents and purposes, if you look at it, if you can't bring staff back to the UK without these 14 days of them going into isolation, then you can't bring staff into the UK. And if you look at the rest of Europe, where we don't, there aren't the same sort of rules to follow at the moment, then it's a no-brainer to skip the Silverstone leg, go to Germany instead, do two rounds there, and all of a sudden you haven't got the same quarantine issues for staff. But it does mean personnel would have to stay out on the road for an awfully long time, and that's going to be really tough on a lot of people, I think. Horse racing's Triple Crown will look different this year from start to finish. The Belmont Stakes will be run before the Kentucky Derby and Preakness for the first time and will take place at a shorter distance following adjustments to the schedule due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Belmont will lead off the Triple Crown on June 20th in New York with no spectators allowed at the track. It will be run at a mile and an eighth rather than its usual mile and a half distance. Its purse has also been reduced by a third to one million U.S. dollars. The Kentucky Derby and the Preakness Stakes will be held in September and October, respectively. And as you look at sports... And to end the news, the top stories once again. An infectious diseases expert says he can't understand why the government has just relaxed social distancing measures for certain groups. Some private schools reopen after months of class suspension due to the coronavirus outbreak. And in Taiwan, Tsai Ing-wen is inaugurated for a second term as president. The news from RTHK. Hello, hello, hello. Is anybody up there? Hello, 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 baby, just come downstairs. I know you hear me now, outside your door, screaming now. I know you know, I know, you got somebody up there. Tell me what I need to know, who are you loving now? 
very good afternoon to you all and welcome to today's 123 show. My name is Noreen Mir and I'm going to be right here with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Having said that, thank you very much uh, to Phil for this morning's Morning Brew. A great show again today. And we've got a great show to follow uh, just after, well, I, hope, <laughs> I hope we'll have a great show to follow. Just after the 2.30 news, we'll be chatting with Cruzy McCalligan once again for our midweek audio column. And this week, Cruz will be talking about tickets, please. We'll be looking at the history and the controversy of getting your stub. So stick around for Cruz uh, just after half past two news. But before all of that, um, we'll be chatting to certified executive coach Shirley A. Adrian, who is the founder and the CEO of Career Catalyst Group. And we'll be chatting a little bit more about how COVID-19 has affected businesses and business leaders and their decision making, and also how gender inequality affects women in the business world and in the workplace. Uh, We want to hear from you as well. If you have any experience or any, any comments to share, you'd like to weigh in, feel free to drop us an email. Our email address is 123show at rta. 